0: Our Lady of Fatima's Plan to Defeat This Coronavirus Point Number One Stay in the State of Grace This is the second talk in a series of six episodes which deal with Our Lady's five-point plan. This talk was given by Father Michael Rodriguez released Thursday, May 7, 2020 and is sponsored by the Fatima Center.
1: In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Ghost. Amen. In the name of the Most Holy Trinity, of God the Father who created me, of God the Son who redeemed me, and of God the Holy Ghost who sanctifieth me, in the presence of the Blessed Virgin Mary, Mother of God and my Mother, of Saint Joseph, of my Guardian Angel, and all the Court of Heaven, before the Holy Roman Catholic Church, I renew and confirm the sacred vows of my baptism. With all my heart, I renounce Satan, his pomps and works, and I resolve to remain faithful to Jesus Christ and his church unto death. Cursed be Satan, the lying spirit, the propagator of error, the enemy of the church. Cursed be the pomps of Satan which are the corrupted world, its vanities, its pernicious maxims, its seducing pleasures. Cursed be the works of Satan, which are sin and the evil propensities of the heart. I choose to lose all rather than lose the grace given me in my baptism. I prefer to die than to live apart from God's grace. Eternal Father, in the name of Jesus, grant that I may be faithful to the glorious grace of my baptism. O Mary, Our Lady of Fatima, help me to persevere and grow daily in God's holy grace. Amen. On October the 13th, 1917, the Most Holy Mother of God, appeared at Fatima, Portugal, for the sixth and final time. She looked sad and warned, quote, Let man offend our Lord God no more, for he is already much offended. Close quote. Have we obeyed? Since Our Lady spoke these words in 1917, instead of obeying, we have largely done the opposite. We have since gone on to offend God in atrocious ways. Since 1917, worldwide, over 1 billion innocent babies have been slaughtered through the terrible sin of abortion. Today, we are worse than Sodom and Gomorrah, everywhere tolerating and promoting the odious and putrid sin of Sodom, a sin that goes against our very nature as male and female, a sin that cries to heaven for vengeance. Given the sins of our times, we shouldn't be surprised that we are suffering multiple chastisements the spread of the coronavirus, more and more godless government control of our lives, the closing of our churches and the cancellation of masses. I urge all of you, open your eyes and see how the chastisements that are currently upon us are because we have offended God, because we are offending God, in horrible ways. How are you going to respond? We have to know how to respond because in all likelihood, more chastisements are coming. Well, God in His mercy, through the Blessed Virgin Mary at Fatima, has given us the answer. God is giving us the path that we must follow. As we face divine chastisement for our sins, which includes the supposed coronavirus pandemic, I urge all to heed the solution provided by our most loving mother, the Virgin Mary. Father Isaac and I will be going over the five-point plan provided by the Virgin Mary At Fatima. Number one, stay in the state of grace. Number two, pray the rosary daily. Number three, wear the brown scapular and use blessed sacramentals. Number four, pray and sacrifice for sinners. Specifically, the Five first Saturday's devotion, and number five, pray for the Pope and the consecration of Russia. In this talk, I will conce- I will concentrate on point number one, which is the foundation for the whole plan, and that is stay in the state of grace, value God's grace. Remain faithful to the grace of your baptism and grow in God's grace. One of the remarkable features of the apparitions of Our Lady of Fatima is the brilliant light which she brings. She's surrounded by a brilliant light that is brighter than the sun. And on numerous occasions, light radiates from her hands. This light is a symbol of God's grace, the life that only comes from God. Our Blessed Mother at Fatima is bringing to us and bringing to our fallen world the grace of her Son, the light of her Son, the life that only her Son, our Savior Jesus Christ, can give. What exactly is grace? We're talking about staying in the state of grace. So what exactly is grace? Sanctifying grace is a share in God's own divine life. It's a supernatural life. It's a reality that goes far beyond. It infinitely transcends everything that we can know with our senses here in this world. Actual grace is help that God gives us. We can think of it as strength that comes to us from God, inspiration that comes to us from God, light that God gives us. And all of this is meant to help us to grow in sanctifying grace. God gives us many graces, many helps to protect us in His grace and to help us to grow in His grace. Now, when we're talking about grace and remaining in a state of grace, we always have to keep in mind that grace is something invisible. You cannot normally see or feel grace. Sometimes, by an extraordinary grace of God, you can, but in general you can't. And so, we need faith. So, the very foundation of this Fatima plan to respond to the divine chastisements that are upon us has to do with grace and faith. Pray for faith. Because without faith, you're not going to be able to value the inestimable value of grace. Grace is invisible, and yet it is the most important thing, because on grace depends our eternal destiny. If we die in a state of grace, we are guaranteed to be in heaven one day. If we die outside of God's grace, that is, in mortal sin, we will be condemned for all eternity. There's nothing more important than grace. We need to pray for faith. Now, this is actually the reason why Our Lady came to Fatima in the first place. To bring us God's grace and to bring God's grace to our world in special ways because we desperately need His grace. Our Lady came to Fatima to urge us In the ways of God's grace. And all the other points in this five point plan, they have to do with grace. Praying the rosary daily, wearing the brown scapular, and using blessed sacramentals. All of these are meant to help us to grow in God's grace and to protect us from the enemies of grace, especially the devil, to be able to combat the enemies of our soul's salvation, the enemies of grace. Point number four in the plan is to pray and sacrifice for sinners, especially for the hardened sinners who are outside of God's grace, so that they can convert and enter into God's grace through baptism or through the sacrament of confession. And number five, Praying for the Pope and for the consecration of Russia. We all have a special vocation. We all have to cooperate with God's grace in specific ways. And more than anyone else, the Pope has to cooperate with God's grace. And in order for us to be able to offset the divine chastisements that are upon us, it is absolutely essential that the visible head of the Catholic Church here on earth, that he respond to God's grace in an appropriate way. And specifically this is by consecrating Russia to the Immaculate Heart of Mary. I'll continue now with just a very brief call it catechism on the state of grace. All of us are born in the state of original sin, which means that we lack sanctifying grace. We lack what is most important. And man can do nothing to merit sanctifying grace. It is a free gift of God. God in his goodness, he bestows this gift freely and abundantly. And he does so due to the passion and death of our Savior Jesus Christ. So what does God do? He gives us this supernatural life, this life of grace at our baptism. And at baptism, this is why we become children of God, sons and daughters of God. We become His people. We become members of His mystical body, the Church. We become temples of the Holy Ghost. Incredible things, all due to a share in God's own life. God's grace. And so from the day of our baptism, we are to remain in this state of grace and grow in God's grace. Once we have sanctifying grace through baptism, it can only be lost by mortal sin. And if we lose sanctifying grace... We want to do our very best to regain it as soon as possible by making a good and sincere confession. If one has reached the age of a reason and can commit mortal sin, then one can never be absolutely certain if one is in the state of grace. We can't ever be absolutely certain that we're in a state of grace or that other people are in a state of grace. Now, We shouldn't be overly scrupulous about this. Let's say, worrying constantly. Am I in a state of grace? Am I not in a state of grace? Did I commit a mortal sin? We also have to be careful because this is where the sin of over-scrupulosity comes in. But we obviously have to pay a lot of attention to this because this is what is most important. To live in God's grace and to be growing in God's grace. Remember, all of the light that we see surrounding Our Lady at Fatima and coming from her hands, she's bringing us grace, the grace of her son. And so if we're not to be overly scrupulous about grace, but yet we still have to be very concerned about it, what do we do? Well, basically what we have to do is Be faithful to the important means of grace that God has given us, which are especially the sacraments and prayer. Be faithful to the sacraments. Be faithful to your prayer. Use sacramentals. Pray your devotions, especially devotion to the Blessed Virgin Mary. Practice virtue. Practice charity. When I say practice charity, think especially of the spiritual and the corporal works of mercy. If you're doing all these things, the sacraments, your life of prayer, practicing virtue, spiritual works of mercy, corporal works of mercy, most likely you're going to be in a state of grace. And more than anything else, this is what Our Lady of Fatima is emphasizing to us. To remain in a state of grace and grow in God's grace. Again, remember the only way that we can lose sanctifying grace is through a mortal sin and this is why the greatest evil is sin in general and mortal sin in particular at the very foundation of this Fatima five point plan we must avoid sin at all costs we must not offend God anymore For he is already much offended. Remember that a mortal sin requires three conditions. One, grave matter. Two, sufficient knowledge. And three, deliberate consent. The first condition, this is objective, grave matter. In particular, sins against the Ten Commandments. The other two are subjective in that they depend on each individual. For an individual to commit a mortal sin and be culpable for it, that individual has to have sufficient knowledge and has to give free and deliberate consent. We cannot judge these subjective matters in other individuals. We can certainly judge if objectively something is grave matter and therefore material for mortal sin. But how aware a particular individual is of this mortal sin, namely, again, sufficient knowledge, and how free and deliberate their consent is, only God can judge that. Remember also, if you are so unfortunate as to lose sanctifying grace after baptism, we have the sacrament of confession. This is the great sacrament in which the grace and the merit of the passion and death of our Lord is applied specifically to reconcile sinners to God, specifically for the forgiveness of sins. And so, very important here is also confession. What we're seeing here is, we're seeing that the great means to remain in the state of grace and to grow in God's grace are the sacraments, in particular, the Holy Eucharist, Mass and Holy Communion, and Confession. And this is precisely why Our Lady at Fatima emphasizes these. She places great emphasis on the Holy Eucharist, reverence for the Holy Eucharist, reverence at Holy Mass, Confession. This is really the heart of the Devotion of the first five Saturdays. Holy Communion. Confession. Purity of heart. Prayer. Meditation on the Mysteries of the Rosary. 15 minutes. All of this has to do with remaining in the state of grace, growing in God's holy grace. A good confession has five elements. One, Examine your conscience. Two, excite contrition for your sins. Three, a firm purpose of amendment. Four, confessing your sins to the priest. And five, performing the penance that the priest gives you and performing it promptly. Now, out of these five elements of a good confession, the most important is true contrition. And this is also why it's so important for us to make reparation. Because when we're truly contrite for our sins, and when we're truly contrite because of the sins of others, we're truly taking it to heart that God is very much offended. Then it's natural that we want to do our best to make reparation. True contrition for sin, central to a good confession, central also to, to prayers of reparation and central so that we can recover God's grace if we've lost it and also so that we continue to grow in God's grace because the more contrite that you are for the sins of your past life, the more you're going to avoid those sins at all costs. The more you're going to be able to value God's grace and hate sin. I'll say a quick word about general confession. Once every few years, it's a very good practice to make a general confession where we confess all the mortal sins that we can recall since our last general confession. And we do this just to be sure that we have brought them up in the confessional and received absolution. Because again, mortal sin is the only thing that can deprive us of the sanctifying grace that we receive At our baptism. Also remember that anyone who is in danger of death should receive the sacrament of extreme unction. And the last rites, which include the sacrament of extreme unction, also normally include a general confession. Again, to do everything possible and everything necessary to assure that we are in a state of grace or regaining the state of grace or growing in God's grace. These are some points to take note of in case of an emergency. With regard to confession, confession does have to be done in person. Today, I think we're hearing more and more of people asking the question on whether it's possible to have the sacrament have access to the sacrament of confession over the phone or over the internet or through a kind of live streaming and we absolutely cannot one of the practical reasons why the sacrament of confession cannot be given in those ways is because of the seal of confession the seal of confession is absolute and we can never do anything that would even jeopardize in the least that the seal of confession But the main reason is because the sacraments are their, we might say, real-life encounters with the person of Christ. Christ promises to be present and to make himself present through the person of the priest, the Altar Christus, not through paper or electronic devices. It is that, we might say, Person-to-person contact, body and soul. The spiritual, absolutely necessary, it has priority, but also always the body, the corporal, that person-to-person encounter with Christ. And also in particular in the sacraments, in the person of the priest who is acting as alter Christus. So that's just a little bit about confession. We have to go to sacramental confession. We have to do everything possible to go to sacramental confession. Now, obviously, right now we're living in times where, tragically, many of you, many of the faithful do not have ready access to the sacrament of confession. What can you do? A quick word on general absolution General absolution sometimes or even many times is being given right now in ways that are illegitimate and they go contrary to church law and contrary to God's will, contrary to the means of grace that God has given us. With regard to general absolution, a priest is only supposed to give general absolution in a real case of emergency when it is impossible to hear individual penitents' sins. For example, a plane is going to crash. Right now, with the supposed coronavirus pandemic, this is not an extreme emergency. We priests can make and must make heroic sacrifices to make sacramental confession available to penitents. And there are any number of priests that are making heroic efforts to do this precisely right now. And don't forget that even when a general absolution is legitimately given, it carries the condition that the penitent the penitent has the sincere intention to make a sacramental confession as soon as this is possible, if in fact it becomes possible. In the cases where one cannot have access to a sacramental confession, remember the importance of making a perfect act of contrition. Father Isaac covered this in a recent talk. I encourage you to listen to it. With regard to a perfect act of contrition, this means that you need to hate and reject sin. What is completely opposed to the state of grace and remaining in a state of grace. So you have to hate and reject sin. You have to be detached from all sin be sorry for your sins, in other words, making an act of contrition for all your sins, and be motivated by a sincere love of God, not primarily by fear of the pains of hell or looking to the rewards of heaven, however important these motives also are. If you are unable to go to confession, a perfect act of contrition can gain you sanctifying grace if you are in mortal sin. And this holds even for someone who's not Catholic. However, it isn't easy to do this, because again, remember that one of the conditions is to have a a perfect detachment from sin. And that's not easy to accomplish. And only God knows if we can do this. If you find yourself in such a situation, make sure you pray for all these graces. Pray that God gives you the grace to be able to make a perfect act of contrition. And the perfect act of contrition, incidentally, it also carries with it the sincere intention to make a sacramental confession as soon as this is possible, if in fact it becomes possible. And one other note on emergency situations when it has to do with remaining in a state of grace or gaining the state of grace is has to do with baptism. Remember that in case of an emergency, anyone can baptize. You don't even have to be a Catholic to baptize validly. A parent can baptize, a nurse, a friend, again, a non-Catholic. That baptism is valid as, as, so long as one uses proper matter, that is, living water, water, and form. Praise the prayer that is supposed to be prayed at baptism and intends what the church intends. I'd like to conclude this talk on remaining in a state of grace and growing in God's grace by making three concluding remarks. The first concluding remark is that I strongly, strongly encourage all of you, open your eyes and see what is taking place right now in the world and in the Holy Catholic Church. There truly is a diabolical disorientation everywhere. And I think one of the clearest signs of this diabolical disorientation is to take seriously and reflect on what the response of the mainstream Catholic Church has been up until now to this supposed coronavirus pandemic. Because it's inexplicable. If we truly have faith and we truly value grace above all, it's inexplicable what is taking place. Because throughout our history, throughout the history of the Catholic Church, this is undeniable. When faced with a great crisis, when faced with divine chastisement, what is the response of the Catholic Church? What is the response of faithful Catholics? More prayer, more reparation, more penance, more confessions, longer lines for confessions, more processions, imploring the mercy of God, sackcloth and ashes, mea culpa, mea culpa, mea maxima culpa. More imploring of God's mercy. Kiri eleison, kristaleison, kiri Not a shutting down or a restricting of the means of grace, the sacraments, the holy sacrifice of the Mass, holy communion, confession. It is terrible to see what is taking place that churches have been closed Access to the sacraments has been limited, restricted. Masses that have been canceled. Truly, this is the most horrible part of the chastisement that is currently upon us. We do not have access to the means of grace. Take very serious note of this so that you will be able to do your very best within what's in your power, basically this five-point plan of Our Lady of Fatima, to respond in this time of crisis. Truly, there's diabolical disorientation. And I also encourage all of you, look, recognize that what is taking place is terribly wrong. The bishops who are canceling Masses and closing churches are, in fact, abusing their authority. Make no mistake about it. At the same time, I encourage you, please, this is not something over which we should cause more division among traditional Catholics. I think there are those traditional priests that are doing their very best to provide the means of grace for their faithful in these times. And they are following the orders of their bishops, trying to be obedient. I certainly don't agree that this is the best course of action. I don't think there's any way to really reconcile it with our entire tradition as Catholics, but I think we also have to be patient and charitable and not make this another source of division among traditional Catholics. I think we have to be patient, we have to pray for one another, and mainly focus on what we're able to do in this time of crisis. My second concluding remark is just to emphasize for all of you, prayer in the state of grace. No one can deprive you of this. It doesn't matter what one bishop or all bishops or the Pope, it doesn't matter what they do. If they do not respond in a way faithful to God and faithful to God's grace, it doesn't mean that you cannot do your very best when it comes to prayer in the state of grace and this is what we must do I say in the state of grace because prayer is not enough when I say prayer we have to make reparation for all the ways in which God is being offended remember the words of Our Lady at Fatima in 1917 that God is already so much offended we have to make reparation and the only way that we can make reparation is if we are in a state of grace. A person who is not in a state of grace, yes, their prayers are important, but their prayers are not making reparation. Those prayers are going to be effective in order to help them convert and enter a state of grace. This is one of the main reasons why Our Lady at Fatima, but really in most of her apparitions why she appears to small children because the small children are innocent they're in a state of grace and their prayers are truly effective they're prayers of reparation and so be faithful to your prayers and pray in the state of grace pray especially for the faith to value grace above all Pray for faith so that you'll value the life of grace more than your own physical life. Right now, with this crisis of the coronavirus, I see that it seems that many, many Catholics are so concerned about their physical health, they're so concerned about their physical life, and yet don't value the life of grace. Nearly as much. We think that we can do without Mass, that we can do without Holy Communion, that we can do without Confession, that we can do without Prayer. We can never do without these, not even for a single day. So pray for the faith to value grace above all. Pray so that you will persevere in God's grace. And so you'll avoid sin at all costs. Pray so that you will grow in God's holy grace. It's never just a question of remaining in a state of grace. We have to grow in God's grace. And this is why at Fatima, Our Lady emphasizes so much. Praying the rosary, the sacraments, the brown scapular, growing in chastity, growing in God's grace. And finally, my third concluding remark is this do not lose hope. As much as we may be suffering because of these chastisements, remember devotion to the Blessed Virgin Mary. This is also one thing that can never be taken away from us. Even for those Catholics who, for example, say for the last few weeks, haven't been able to go to the Holy Sacrifice of the Mass. And for those who cannot go to the Holy Sacrifice of the Mass, the traditional Latin Mass, I'd say, okay, but keep making every possible effort to get to mass. If you've got to go underground, if you have to travel 1 hour, 2 hours, 5 hours, I know a Catholic family. Then in the last month, they've a large Catholic family, so it's required sacrifice on their part. They've driven up to 6 to 7 hours just to get to the holy sacrifice of the mass and for holy communion. So we have to keep making every sacrifice necessary To have access to the means of grace, remember, valuing the life of grace above everything else. But when we absolutely cannot have that access, remember, devotion to the Blessed Virgin Mary. By God's providence, we are living in these very, very desperate spiritual times. A lot of spiritual darkness, diabolical disorientation galore. But we can never lose hope because God has allowed this and God has placed us in this world, in the church at this time. And he's also given us a very special grace that nobody else has been given. And that is the apparitions of Our Lady of Fatima. And even more grace so that we can be devoted to our Blessed Mother. We can be devoted to her in ways that Catholics in the past have not been able to through the plan that she presents to us at Fatima. More devotion to the Holy Rosary. The devotion of the first five Saturdays. More meditation on the mysteries of the Rosary. A more faithful wearing of the brown scapular and greater effort and fidelity in living a chaste life. And so remember that in these very difficult times, in this time of divine chastisement, Even if you cannot get to the Holy Sacrifice of the Mass, which is all important, get yourself to the Blessed Virgin Mary. Devotion to our loving Mother. Our Lady of Fatima, pray for us. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Ghost. Amen.
0: This presentation has been brought to you by The Fatima Center. Copyright 2020. All rights reserved. The next episode will deal with the second point in Our Lady's Plan. Pray the Rosary. More information regarding the plan is available through our website and in our literature that can be sent by regular mail. We invite you to contact us or visit our website www.fatima.org and please share this message far and wide Our Lady of Fatima pray for us